welcome to Cisco Champions Radio. I'm Lauren Friedman Albert, also known on the Twitters as Lauren, and I will be the voice. Um, Paul, who are you? What do you do? I am Paul Giblin. I'm a distinguished engineer with Presidio. I focus on pre-sales architecture and uh, helping my customers find solutions that uh, line up with their business requirements. Ooh, nice. Hello, everyone. I'm Malcolm Budden. I'm a network architect at an ISP in the UK, based out of Scotland. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Malcolm Budden. So, and it's me, it's Marcus, Marcus Hacker. I'm founder and CEO of Angena, a company providing a connectivity platform as a service. Fantastic. All right, so, what, we work with you guys. What do we do? Yeah, so what Jenna is all about is uh, helping customers in their journey towards uh, digital business models. I think we're all very much aware of that the big changes have happened in the uh, business of many of the industry. Banking going online, manufacturing, supply chain, all went uh, through a digital transformation. Um, as a consequence of that one, to support all these new processes, of course, applications are now running on very different environments. So we really see what we call hy hybrid cloud uh, deployment models, meaning public clouds, uh, private data centers, applications are running all that different instances. And uh, people uh, need to reach out to, to that one. So there's a huge new demand uh, and requirements also on the networking infrastructure to support this application strategy because it's not any more good just to connect uh, branch offices or the campus or the data center amongst each other. You also need to connect to a bunch of public cloud uh, environments. Um, and even IoT, so meaning very much distributed other devices. So what from a networking perspective needs to be done, of course, is um, just a private network is not any more good enough so modern networking uh, architectures need to consider the public internet as integral part of an enterprise network. You need to have a much higher flexibility to have the traffic uh, being routed and being distributed according to the application needs. And as a business is changing so fast, also the speed how you need to adapt the network towards these new business requirements are tremendously increasing. To make a long story short, um, the old legacy-oriented networking platforms are simply not built to support this kind of new requirements. Therefore, a new technology, which is called SD-WAN, software-defined wide area networking, has been uh, introduced since a few years. And what Jenna really has done is to make this SD-WAN um, very simple to be used, to be deployed, because it comes with some kind of complexity in itself. So we have created what we call a platform, which means we have uh, defined services um, which can be used on a global scale and can be easily consumed from that platform and we sell it as a service, meaning integrating everything what really is needed, the infrastructure, the connectivity, the licenses, and also ensure via global SLAs the performance of that services. So it's about platform, 
and about as a service delivery model. Therefore, we call it, it's a connectivity platform as a service. CPaaS. That's it. There we go. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how you're partnered with Cisco and some of the technologies that are underlying the platform. Oh, yeah. Happy to do so. So the whole platform itself from the beginning on was developed together with Cisco. Um, the way I, I try to describe uh, what we're doing and how we're doing, it may already give you some indications that is a quite complex thing which we have developed. And of course, without a very strong support of one of the leading tele uh, technology companies uh, like Cisco, it is nearly impossible to build such a comprehensive um, platform with this uh, kind of broad functionality. So it's a completely co-development in the way how we, how we have built um, that, uh, that technology. And it even goes beyond that, because also in the way how we work together with Cisco, it's a fully integrated model. I just want to give you a few hints uh, how we are really working together. Um, we have an evergreening platform. This means that we are continuously upgrading the platform to the latest releases. To do this, with this high number of different software components we are running on that completely cloud-based platform, we have built a CI continuous in <coughs> implementation CD continuous deployment process, which spans across both companies. So both companies work together in a single process in developing new releases and new features for this cloud-based platform in a joint team. We even have an own dedicated unit at Cisco working on that Jana, on that Jana platform. So it's a very tight integration and the only way how you can bring new functions and features coming out of the Cisco portfolio more or less in real time also to make it available for customers and partners as a service. To look into what kind of components we are really using out of the Cisco portfolio, it's quite comprehensive. So our platform itself runs in roughly 14 data centers around the globe. These are which we call our hubs. These hubs are hosting our, our platform. The platform itself, it's a standard IT infrastructure, just has components like UCS plates and Nexus switches and so on, put together in a very specific way, which is called CVIM, Cisco Virtualized Infrastructure Management, which is an OpenStack environment, which provides a cloud IT, cloud OpenStack platform. And on top of that one, we run a completely virtualized service platform, which is an NFV architecture, network function virtualization. So all the different networking features, services we have are VNF, virtualized network functions. So pure software um, images which run on that IT cloud, which allows us to ramp up any kind of service around the world within minutes because we do not need to order devices to ship and to install. We just ramp up new images on the existing cloud platforms which we have built in the data centers. On top of the service platform, we run a quite complex stack of what we call a multi-layer service orchestration, which finally 
from the IT system and interaction with the IT system I explained, the output of that one is a quite complex service model for a global network, which then is translated during this multi-layer service orchestration in a first step into what we call global networking model. And this is a central one, which describes how traffic flows are running between our hubs and on the backbone and things like that. And then it is more or less pushed to the different um, hubs, which are the local data centers, and they are translated in the next step, which we call hardware abstraction, into the real configuration for all virtualized um, elements running on that platform and the CPEs running on the um, customer premises. And also all this orchestration and everything which is needed to run that management of the platform is built from a huge variety of different uh, Cisco components and their portfolio as well. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the uh, automated service assurance process. Uh, wh what does that manifest itself as, as a customer? What do I see? Am I getting alerts that things are happening and things are changing, or is it largely set it and forget it for me and I can go look for information if I care to see it? Um, how is that presented? So there, there are two, two answers to your questions. So there's a very uh, detailed um, way how we communicate to the partners. So there is an integrated ticketing system where all the different um, uh, information which are relevant for a customer network is, of course, communicated to the partners so that they are in their first level responsibility can have a proper communication to the end customers. Um, as I already mentioned, we have a fully automated service assurance process. So all metric data, performance data of the network, which includes, for example, um, uh, delay times, uh, jitter, and packet loss, as well as all system logs or system information are collected. And we have uh, using a kind of uh, machine learning artificial intelligence engine to uh, more or less reduce the noise and uh, sort that information and create what we call situations, which then gives us an insight into what's going on on the network and may have an impact for the customer. And this is then creating or used for creating the tickets, which then describes what we have observed in the specific customer network. Um, that is one way how we really do service assurance in a highly automated manner. The second one I already mentioned a little bit earlier is a transparency on the performance itself. So there are performance uh, monitors which we share with the partners and the partners can decide also to share that with end customers so that they at any point in time see how the performance of the network really looks like. And this shows the technical parameters uh, like I mentioned on the delay times or packet loss and things like that. Excellent. Can I ask a couple of, couple of questions separately? Oh keep Lauren happy, um, about migration. So if you have a customer that's migrating onto your platform, is it, I don't want to oversimplify it, but would it be in line with a traditional WAN migration? So for example, you need to ha identify a hub site which you can traverse between the two networks. Um, and also if you could talk about maybe some of the issues that you've seen, I don't know, underlay, overlay, routing challenges or something like that. So, um, 
first question was about how we do this migration scenarios. So of course, all the customers have an existing network and any kind of migration needs to happen step by step. So you're absolutely right. We always need to connect the Jenna platform with the existing network so that over time you can migrate site by site from the uh, existing network to the Jenna platform. We have also defined a standard migration access design for that one which is a quite quite simple layer 3 network network connection which is also highly automated so we can easily set it up connect the existing layer 3 network with the jena platform and then the uh, partner can start migrating customer site according to the transformation or migration plan he has aligned with his partners uh, sorry with his customers so um this is a way we already uh, have proven is a very stable one. And uh, also here, standardization of exactly having this kind of connections helps a lot to make it quite uh, fast and seamless. Your second question was, was more about uh, glitches between the overlay and underlay. No, we haven't seen that. And the reason is, from an architectural point of view, we run a very uh, rigid uh, or stringent separation between the underlay and the overlay. We don't use specific services in the underlay. We just use the underlay for forwarding of packets from point A to point B. Point A typically is a customer site and point B is either another customer site or one of our data center sites where we collect the traffic. And all the further more complex services are running in the overlay, which we control from end to end. How can we do this? Because we control both important tiers. One tier is a CP at the customer site. The other tier is a data center or the part of our global um, platform. And via this architecture, we are in full control from a service perspective and just need any kind of connectivity which we get from the service providers or telcos for the pure forwarding of packets. So um, another question that I had about the um, the end, so the edge sites, so the customer sites, so the CPE is that um, uh, NFV VNF capable also? So for example, if um, the site performs just standardised uh, routing over the WAN, uh, and let's say there was a requirement for um, a, uh, I don't know a service being hosted at that site where you needed a stateful layer seven firewall, would you be able to put something like an ASA-V on that CPE? Yeah. So the um, Jenna platform already today supports classical CPEs, which support SD-WAN, like for example, the, the Viptela portfolio with the VH100, VH1000, but also already supports the um, X86, or universal CPEs, um, for example, the ENCS, which uh, Cisco has in its portfolio. And of course, you can run different VNFs on the x86 box. So the routing capability plus, for example, additional firewalling or application optimization um, VNF. Um, there is a small but I want to add here in all fairness, that is, of course, to ensure the proper working of the service, also the VNF need to somehow 
being productized in the way that you have a stable process to onboard them and to do proper um, testing because if you um, stack VNFs on one box, you better have tested yep. that the service chain of different VNFs is working properly. So things like throughput of the hardware, Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Okay, understand. Well, thank you. This has been very cool. Thanks, guys. And um, we can listen to other episodes of Cisco Champion Radio on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.